Hey all, it's Tyler. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up before the episode starts that there's a little bit of hiss coming from our guest Marissa's end, but other than that, the audio turned out fine. Although there's a couple moments where her and Randy do cut out briefly, but I did try to fix those as best as I could. So we do apologize for that and running a bit late with this week's episode. But other than that, everything's fine. Uh, so on with the episode. Welcome home to Channel KRT, a podcast where we get trapped in a dimension of the best and worst of obscure media. I'm Tales from the Kipt. I'm Tyler Scream, and I have one question that I want to ask you all today. Are you ready for some discourse? Yes! <laughs> this is going to be a really good one. I'm Zombie. No, my name is Randy. I'm just kidding. And I have one question. Are you ready? Well, I am ready to introduce our very first guest on our podcast. You know her as our title card artist. Ladies and gentlemen, Marissa Thorburn. Hello. Welcome, Marissa. (laughs) Also known as my con buddy. Aww. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like oh i keep thinking of that commercial like the, the fucking my buddy commercial con buddy con buddy <laughs> my con buddy and me like right before we started recording i said this almost makes up for there not being cons this year so oh uh, i have yet to attend a con with these three but one day i will as god is my witness i will get you to rhode island one day tyler (laughs) damn right yes once the um plague is over definitely also since marissa since you're here and we're doing the spooky name thing i have a i have a spooky name for you marissa thor burr yeah i like it which ties into a later (laughs) subject (laughs) oh yeah i see what you did there or mr thor burns yes (laughs) mithers Oh, I have a name. Fire. Da da da. I'll take you to Thorburn. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I go with that one. That one's beautiful. <laughs> so, the thing we're talking about today kind of doesn't really need an introduction because, let's be real, it's been the punching bag of pretty much every single kid's show ever since the 90s. So, the thing we are talking about, of course, is party. No! Ah! The world exploded just as I said that, and you can hear everybody just going, I hate you. Oh, damn it, my house is on fire. I hate when that happens. <laughs> there damn is it, no now he's escape. on the floor, no more stupid dinosaur, however the song goes. <laughs> there was a reason we all wanted nothing more and to kill this motherfucker with our bare fucking hands in the fifth grade. <laughs> yep, in the fifth grade. Barney was always a weird staple in my life where it was basically when I, I love when I first discovered it when I was like two or three. I even had a Barney birthday party with a guy who was in a really creepy costume. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Don't get us started on the bootleg Barney costumes. I don't think it's a surprise that not long afterwards I began just hating the motherfucker. I was just like, nope. Fuck you! Nope! Every time he'd be on screen, I'd be like, nope! And then as an adult, he kind of gained a weird staple in my life where 
I can't believe I'm actually going to say this. I actually can't hate him nearly as much as I did as a kid. Maybe it's just because of how much he's been a weird bonding thing with these guys. Aww. It's an interesting show in that, yeah, it's hella fun to make fun of. It's not like a masterpiece or anything, but maybe it's just because of everything that's like Elsa Gate and fucking YouTube kids these days. You know, at least this show has some imagination. At least it kind of seems to have a personality and a heart. Definitely. It's nice to watch stuff that was made to just shut your kid up for a half hour. That doesn't feel like it was made by an AI that wants to kill all of humanity. There's a documentary on YouTube called The Purple Sensation, which talks about, or was it the dinosaur sensation? Yeah, I think it was the dinosaur sensation. It was one of those, let me see. Uh, let me look it up. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, it is dinosaur sensation. Gotcha. So there was actually a documentary on YouTube that doesn't seem to have any more episodes at the moment, but it actually delves into the history of Arnie and kind of goes into the into how it came to be. Apparently the reason it was made was because of fucking Weezing of all things. Oh boy. <laughs> fucking Weezing. Fucking Weezing, man. <laughs> when and if you guys do a Weezing episode, out me in, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, we're definitely having you in. Um, Marissa, I was going to tell you this. I was going to tell you this off the podcast, but we're definitely going to do... I definitely have a Drew Carey show episode lined up. Yes. <gasps> yes. yes. Hell yeah. Because I want to do a very special Drew. I have that lined up so that you're definitely going to be on that episode. At I'm least. in. What if we do the episode that either had Daffy Duck on it or the one that had the freaking Pinocchio from Geppetto 2000? <laughs> I actually don't think you'd get all that much out of the Daffy Duck episode because that's just a cold <laughs> open that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but... Well, wait a second, I can't hire you. You're a, you're a duck. What are you trying to say here? You don't hire ducks? Well, if you were a jackass, maybe. Then you could run the place. But, uh, <laughs> but a duck? No. That's a blatant example of discrimination. Whatever happened to affirmative action? I don't see any ducks around here. Like, it's worth mentioning, but I don't know if you'd get a whole episode out of it. But it's still a brilliant cold opening, regardless. So anyway, what about your guys' history with the show? Uh, yeah, I I'll get into my history. Like everyone else, I was a staunch Barney kid. Like, I watched a lot of it nonstop, especially... This given special, Barney's Halloween Party, this was one I'm very nostalgic for because I grew up with it, and of course we're going to get into our relationship with the specific episode, but I definitely watched a lot of Barney because what else was there for me to watch as a kid? But <laughs> yeah, I definitely went through an anti-Barney phase too. Like the, uh, the first time I heard the song Barney on Fire, not by Weird Al, by the way. <laughs> oh boy, Barney's on fire. What we've always desired We'll watch the flames get higher Just don't try to put him out Not punch me in the nuts, Barney, zero stars I <laughs> <laughs> punch me in the nuts, Barney Pretty much every single show has had a Barney parody at one point Like Sesame Street even took a stack at them Animaniacs By the way, if Baloney isn't in the reboot, we riot <laughs> I actually one time... I saw on eBay, they had a sell from that episode up for auction. Oh my a God. sell. 
of the Animaniacs with baloney. I think it ran for like seven hundred dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> so only seven hundred dollars. I have a memory from when I was a kid, from when I was like five years old, where the Baloney and Friends episode of Animaniacs was on, but I caught like the tail end of it, and I just started crying because <laughs> oh my god, I missed them making fun of Barney. So even as a five-year-old, <laughs> I was into the Barney is bad hate train. I remember that was the only part of Jurassic Park 3 that I absolutely refused to watch. I was like, no! They fucking randomly cut to a Barney tape while it's cutting back and forth to Sam Neill and the gang just fighting off a Spinosaurus. It's like, (laughs) get it? Because dinosaurs. By the way, if Barney still exists after Jurassic Park 2, after like a fucking T-Rex just mauled the entire city of San Diego... You know what, the logic of this Jurassic Park series went out the window for a while ago. I don't know why, but that is one of my favorite genres of humor, is comparing dinosaurs that are carnivores and eat flesh and kill things, and then, like, making a joke about Barney being involved somehow. Like, like, like that, that those <laughs> scenes in Jurassic Park 3, and, and also, like, that one line and the weird out Jurassic Park song because they sure don't act like Barney. <laughs> I don't know why that is like my favorite genre of humor. And it's funny that you guys mentioned it too because Jurassic Park is canon in the Barneyverse. Oh yeah. Yeah, the fucking... <laughs> and by the way, Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. <laughs> yeah, they randomly reference it in this one tape they made. You know, I've got the strangest feeling I've seen this place before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I'm sure there's never been any dinosaurs here before. <laughs> to this day, Universal still has that Barney attraction. For so. some reason, yeah. <laughs> Although apparently it's closed down because of COVID and they don't want to pay the performers or whatever. We're so. free of Baby Pop! Huzzah! I kind of love that there is a theme park where within the same exact brand is Barney and Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, you could go on a Jurassic yes. Park-themed ride and then immediately after go see a Barney show. <laughs> I don't know what there's not to love about that. You could be watching, like, on the ride, how you get jump-scared by a giant fucking T-Rex, and then you're like, all right, let's go see the even scarier T-Rex. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Barney show is way more unsettling and terrifying than the Jurassic Park frickin' roller coaster, but... (laughs) And then what about you, Marissa? I was a toddler in the early 90s, so I think it was required by law for me to be obsessed with Barney for a while. Oh, yeah. If you were born in the 90s or 2000s, it was pretty much mandatory that you had to watch Barney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was pretty much the target age just as it was really taken off, so. Yeah, weren't you kind of, like, born just as Barney and Friends was beginning? Yeah, I was born in 91. The PBS show started in 92, I believe. So, yeah, I was the perfect age for it. I have history with that damn dinosaur. There's a conspiracy theory in here somewhere. You caused Barney to be born! Wait, he existed before you, so never mind! It's okay, we'll always love you, but we can't escape! I actually remember renting a few of those backyard gang tapes from the 80s. 
which we'll get into later. But. I am so sorry. My sincerest condolences. Oh my god. I remember specifically renting the Barney Goes to School Backyard Gang tape. Tyler, I am so sorry. <laughs> really, the only thing I actually remember from that is the fast motion chase scene where they're all chasing the hamster zippity or whatever. Yeah, I think that's where my I think that's where my hatred, well, not hatred, more so dislike of fast motion speed up scenes came from. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Barney. You gave Tyler a phobia. It's not. It's not a phobia. It's just more so like, ugh. Pet peeve. This shit. Thanks a lot, Barney. You gave Tyler a pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going to Blockbuster at like four years old, renting a Barney tape, and of course by that point they had like the purple PBS bar all new and loved by that point. Going home, popping the tape in, and seeing this blue dog-looking motherfucker like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I wasn't scared, but like, I was definitely weirded out. Like, what the fuck is this? Fun fact, I've been to hell and Backyard Gang Barney is exactly what the it hounds of hell look like. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough that you should mention that. You know, ironically enough, I remember the very first time I saw the Backyard Gang tape where they all go camping. I remember the bear scared the fuck out of me for some reason. It's like, now watching it, that bear's not even that scary, but I guess it was maybe the setting of the cave. Like, the cave is fucking red and just dark and just, what the fuck? This is for kids? What the fuck? And then they all get mauled to death. The end. And you hear the bear before you see him, and that's really unsettling. Caves are horrifying enough. <laughs> like, they go into the yeah. cave, and they're like, anybody here? And then you hear, no one but me. <laughs> <laughs> I would shit myself, not gonna lie. But we're not talking about the backyard gang today. We're actually talking about, uh, well, not that scary, depending upon your point of view, tape called Barney Halloween Party. It was released in 1998 and directed by Steve Feldman, who, by the way, has quite a directing career like in kids' videos. He directed a couple of videotapes for Sesame Street. He directed a bunch of Barney tapes. He directed a couple of obscure kid show. And my favorite fact of all, Five episodes of Politically Incorrect with a god-awful person named Bill Meyer. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's funny how the industry works, huh? Yeah. Thankfully, Bill Meyer is canceled in our imagination. <laughs> Bill Meyer set him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love you. <laughs> By the way, this special came out not only the same year as Barney's Great Adventure, which we'll probably talk about sometime, no promises, yeah. but also the same year as the Clinton impeachment trials, which, by the way, <laughs> Barney was at the Clinton inauguration in 1992. Oh, hang on, I just realized something. I just realized, I didn't share my childhood Barney experience yet, oh, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, go I ahead. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Okay, go ahead. I think I just kind of liked it because... I liked watching TV. I didn't love it the same way I loved shit like, uh, like Clifford the Big Red Dog or like the Powerpuff Girls or some shit, but, or like whatever Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network were throwing at me. But I still remember watching it and consuming merchandise and just kind of being cool with its existence. I found actually. A camera full of like you know those Sony little tiny 
mini VHSs that they had. Oh, yeah. And apparently I had a Barney playset that mm. I really liked. Aww. So <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. And then as, as soon as I had cognitive thoughts of my own, I just started hating the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't hate Baby Bob. We gotta go back oh, in time. No. Yeah, just uh, just putting uh, it forward uh, for context to this podcast. I still fucking love Baby Bop. She is the shit. She is my fave. She is my queen. She is a demon. She was literally summoned from hell. Like he no, BJ a- is a demon. Yes, okay, Baby no Bop argument is a demon. There. That's why I like demons. I told you, I've been to hell. We may all disagree on Baby Bop, but at least we all hate BJ equally. Yeah. BJ buys those like giant cans of monster energy with the little cap on it and then he just like kind of lets it sit in his car for a week, but like he's still drinking it. <laughs> Since BJ goes by Captain Pickles, he's the type who still finds Pickle Rick funny and yells it at, um, at almost every term. I am Captain Pickle Rick. Funniest shit I've ever seen. Put me over, Barney. BJ's Tinder profile description is like those weird descriptions men write about how they how the women of Tinder are all trashed, yet he's still on there. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, women fucking suck. Why won't they fuck me? BJ is an incel confirmed. You know what? As much as we hate Baby Bop, I can at least say she's a feminist. Yes. <laughs> I'll give her that. She's not like a white feminist either or a turf. She loves all women and she prioritizes marginalized women. She does at least be open to learning. I'll give her that. Yeah. And I'll say this much. I don't hate her nearly as much in the later years as I do in her debut when she was trying, yeah. to, when she was basically an Elmo ripoff. Like, ugh, that was creepy. <laughs> And she was as tall as Barney. Yay, I win discourse. <laughs> not, not yet, not yet. We haven't not gotten yet. to what she does in the special yet. Hey, without Baby Bop, we wouldn't have Riff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Riff did nothing wrong, and I will protect him with my life. Also, Riff is voiced by Amethyst, which yes. kind of gives them brownie points, so... I'm really disappointed we never got a joke in Steven Universe where she morphs into a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing! She's purple, too! Missed opportunity. Yeah, well, I guess the crocodile joke account, I guess. <laughs> you always say you'll be the dinosaur, but you never commit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was an opportunity and they missed it. Good job, Rebecca Sugar. You had one job, Rebecca Sugar. Listen, if Jurassic Park can exist in the Barney canon, so can Steven Universe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we... Are the dinosaurs? We go to elementary schools. <laughs> I don't know why we do. We're just really drawn to them. <laughs> Meanwhile, Barney, that centrist fucker. Barney thinks that both Nazis and Antifa need have the right to speak. <laughs> Whatever happened to civility? I just had a perfect conclusion to my Steven Universe Barney song. That's why the people of this earth believe in BJ, Baby Pop, and Barney. <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny that we're talking about how terrifying the backyard gang is, and meanwhile, Barney Halloween party is just... Well, I guess unless you're absolutely terrified of the dinosaurs, it's, 
isn't really all that scary. In fact, there's not really a lot of stakes in it. I'm actually really terrified of Selena Gomez, so this special scares the <laughs> shit out of me every time. Oh, she didn't join until, like, the 2000s, though, so... <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Selena Gomez in that? No. No, it wasn't. Are you kidding me? I seriously thought... <laughs> Oh my god, I seriously <laughs> thought it was until now. One of the girls in that special does kind of look like her, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's fair. No, this is actually perfect banter right now, we're realizing that. I thought this was Selena Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't a- believe it, my whole life has just been a fucking lie. It's funny how both Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato joined way after I had stopped watching it, and yet I forever associate them with Barney now. Like, they are ex-Barney kids to me before anything. And I didn't even watch them while they were on Barney, so... I guess since I was the target audience for Sunny with a Chance and Wizards of Waverly, whatever, when I was, you know, the age I was around that time, mm-hmm. I sometimes just still, like, out of nowhere, am like, holy shit, they were on Barney. Because, <laughs> like, I every time you mention their names to me, all I remember is, like, their Disney Channel stuff. Yeah, it's kind of a weird mixture for me. Like, I associate Demi a lot with her way more recent music, especially her her goddamn slap, which is Cool for the Summer. That song is a jam, and I will just... I fucking love Cool for the Summer. Yes. It's it the gayest feel- song I've ever heard, and I love it. And then she was also a big Disney Channel star, and kind of sucks that she had such a really hard life while she was at Disney, and, like, they treated- they did her pretty dirty while she was there. Like, she went through a lot of severe mental issues, but it seems like she's recovering now, and I'm really happy for her. We stan. We stan. Also, I'm gay for her. I think I associate both of them with their music more than anything. Because, like, their Disney Channel stuff was a little bit after my time, so I just associate them with their music. Yeah. For me, it's half Barney, half Disney Channel, half their music. Fun fact, Demi Lovato was the first, like, concert concert I ever went to. Ooh. Nice. (laughs) So I always have a soft spot in my heart for her just for that. Thank you. Why did you open with David Archuleta? He's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) It was your gay awakening. You're like, do I really have to be into this David Archuleta? Then you see Debbie Lovato, you're like, hello. (laughs) I'm going to be fully honest. I think Raven Simone was my first awakening. True, true. The good thing about Barney and Friends is that none of those kids ever seemed like they were having a bad time on set. You know, at the least, I mean, this is the bare fucking minimum because, wow, you will not believe how many kids shows can just be the worst to kids at times. It's surprising how almost everybody actually enjoyed being there. Like, no one feels like they were there for just a check. I was going to point this out at the end of the episode. I was going to give them a shout out, but I guess I'll do it here. There's a really good podcast called Purple Roads, which is basically a podcast that interviews, you know, people who were involved with different kids shows. And it's hosted by one of the former Barney suit actors, Carrie Stinson. Carrie Stenson. Stinson. I'm Sorry if I'm getting your name wrong. But... No, not the one who's a tantric sex therapist now. <laughs> <laughs> That's David oh Joyner. <laughs> and that is our advertisement for David Joyner's sex massages. <laughs> Where's oh, our paycheck, David? Still waiting for him to be a guest on that show. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be an hour of them just like talking awkwardly. <laughs> so what are you up to now? Well, condoms actually are bad because they block the spiritual connection. 
Yeah. Okay, but but at least he asks first. <laughs> okay, but yes, Purple Roads is a is a show hosted by one of the former Barney suit actors, and he interviews people in the children's entertainment world. And he's interviewed a lot of uh, he's interviewed a couple Barney kids, um, and every time they talk about how good of a time they had on the show, it's really refreshing to hear that compared to the horror stories you hear on the sets of like Disney Channel shows or Nickelodeon shows. So definitely, definitely check that show out if you guys can. That's all I'm going to say. Friendly reminder that there is a lost episode of Double Dare where a kid where a kid breaks his leg. What? Jesus, that's a thing. Yep. Oh yeah. my god. I th- I think that's what happened. I know there's a lost like episode of Double Dare where a kid like broke something. Creepy pasta. <laughs> okay, that's scary. It's funny <laughs> that that's real. So yeah, yeah this Oof. is why we stand PBS. Huzzah. <laughs> Who Huzzah. broke their leg on a PBS kids show? Nobody. <laughs> I hope. So how about we get into the actual special? <laughs> Actually, before yeah. we do that, do we want to talk about our specific relationship with the special? Or Oh, sure. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, Marissa, I'll let you take this since you're our guest. I don't think I actually watched this as a kid. Because it came out in what... Yeah, 98, and um, it wasn't on TV, it was a videotape. I was turning seven that year, so that's kind of the age where you don't want to admit that you still like, you know, the kiddie shows, but you kind of sneak watch them every now and again anyway. <laughs> so, oh my like, god, yeah. I was still watching a lot of PBS at that time, so, like, if <laughs> oh, I'd be yeah. watching, like, Sesame Street <laughs> or The Puzzle Place or whatever, and then after that I'd be like, well, guess I'm watching Barney now, so... Listen, <laughs> but of course I'd never admit that because God forbid you look uncool in the first grade. I'm just saying, if you haven't sneaked watched a kids show, you're lying to yourself. If you ever oh, say yeah. that, I'm just saying. Yeah. Because we've all done it. For some reason, even though I was in my I hate all kids shows phase around like 2002, 2003, for some reason I went and saw the Dora live show. I don't know why. I guess it came to like where I was living at the time, and I guess my family got tickets, and for some reason I was like, yeah, sure. Then I went through a weird phase where I'd secretly watch The Wiggles, which, oh to be God. fair, The Wiggles are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. I didn't watch The Doodle Bops until I was 10. What are you talking about? Aw. <laughs> <laughs> the Doodle Bops creeped me out when I first saw them. They'd, like, not scream, run out of the room, but there was just something about them where I was like, why do they look like mutants? <laughs> I think the main reason I kept watching, like, little, little kid shows up until I was, like, 10 was because when I was six, that's when my younger siblings were born. So, you know, I just kind of watched what they watched, too, and was like, huh, this isn't that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was a big fan of Thomas probably until I was, like, 12. Yeah, it's fair. Thomas is awesome, though. I also watched Thomas with my brother, mostly because I enjoyed playing with the toys, so. And we'll be getting into it in a few weeks, but let me just say, I am so glad we got a show that had George Carlin as a narrator. Absolutely. <laughs> By the way, I stand Thomas for life, even yes. though I don't really, even though I don't watch it, I still stand him. <laughs> and then that gets into our weird relationship with this special in that I actually didn't really watch it much as a kid, but I began watching it once we considered it our... Ready, say it with me. Annual, Annual mistake. mistake. 
Yay! Our annual discourse, our annual Mr. Boyd love posting, which we'll get into. <laughs> you know, Edge, I kind of have a weird soft spot for it because of that. Oh, and yeah. It does have its moments. It's easy as hell to make fun of, and especially for an element we'll get into in the episode. And it's definitely not one of my favorite Halloween specials outside of that. But in a way, I can't. I got a soft spot for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny for me, who was someone who actually did grow up with the special and watched a lot as a kid. It's fun revisiting it as an adult with new eyes and, you know, especially since we have the crazy relationship which we have now with it, so. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> if I watched this as a kid, I just straight up don't remember that happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was first introduced it when I first, you know, met Kitty and Tyler and Marissa and Aww. everybody, and I got invited to the annual mistake, and... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> now we regularly have civil wars over Baby Bop, so that's fun. <laughs> I can't remember for the life of me how, but we all just kind of bonded over Barney somehow. <laughs> Tyler and I actually met because I was doing a live tweet of, the, of Barney's Great Adventure, so he started replying, and then it's we kind of just yeah. we followed each other, and then we became best friends, so... <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> it's funny how that works. Barney magic. So how does this special begin? With balloons. <laughs> so it's it now. Hi, Georgie. <laughs> More specifically, there's a couple of the usual kids setting up for a Halloween party. And one of them is basically dressed up as Leif Erikson. Hinga binga dergen. So basically the special begins at Balloon Fest 1986. And we all know how that went. So <laughs> um, already in the special, the Barney gang has blood on their hands. We're having fun in Balloon. You know what? No. Then boom, Barney comes to life. Which by the way, I've noticed something. Actually, Marissa also theorized this last night. If you wanted to say it. Is that treehouse also imaginary? I think it is. Yeah, like, this just came to me last night as I was rewatching it. Like, we all watched it together a few days ago, but it just occurred to me last night. Like, what if they're imagining that treehouse, too? Because that's like the size of a regular house, almost. Like, what school is going to build that on their playground? I don't care how rich that district is. Schools don't do that. Imagine being in second grade and already having a mortgage. I buy the treehouse of horror existing more than this treehouse existing near a school. Like, Sorry, kids, we gotta cut the arts because uh, the treehouse needs to be finished. <laughs> two plus two is four. Two plus two <laughs> is four. The arts department literally has nothing. The arts department is in the fucking field. Meanwhile, not only does the sports program have, like, designer jerseys, there's also this literal three-bedroom, two-bathroom treehouse now for kids to play with a dinosaur they're hallucinating. The wood that would have been made into pencils all went towards the treehouse. Yay, our tax monies! <laughs> they're gonna imagine too long is just gonna turn into one of the trees from Wizard of Oz and just start throwing apples at the kids. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of just thinking about a Gadsden Barney now. Don't tread on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Barney plays dumb. They're all, don't you know what day it is? Don't you know what night it's gonna be? And then he's all fucking dumb and it's like, it's Halloween! It's you like, fucking moron! <laughs> this magical being not fucking know what day it is. It's like he was watching them set up. Don't patronize me, Barney. 
Barney, we know you know what day it is. You're just being manipulative at this point. Stop dino-splaining. It's a common occurrence in, in Barney episodes where he plays dumb just to be funny or smug or whatever. And it's just it just bothers me whenever he does it. Barney is sea-lioning. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, there's also a weird thing in this show now where apparently, do they also imagine that the adults can see him now, too? Or is it that, like, just... I do not understand that at all. I guess maybe you can argue that logic went out the window by the time they did the Barney live shows because, hey, adults are in their audience with their kids. That means that, well, the adults can see him, too. Hey, kids, we're on PCP. (laughs) That's why we can see the dinosaur, too. (laughs) Why would Mr. Boyd just take two other dinosaur dolls out trick-or-treating? This is my theory. Mr. Boyd is on PCP. (laughs) Mr. Boyd is too good to be real. The kids are imagining him. (laughs) Yeah, I think after a few seasons, they were just like, fuck it, it's Barney's world. We all just live in it now. (laughs) It's Barney's world and we're all living in it. Plus, they even eventually just got rid of the whole element of him changing from a doll. Like, they still kept it in, like, the theme song, I guess. But then, like, every time it would just begin with him, like, already formed. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. (laughs) Summoned off screen. I remember finding out about that because I was still semi-hate watching it as, like, a 10-year-old. And the first time I came across one of those episodes, I was pissed. (laughs) Coming from an autistic man, if you change the formula of a show slightly, there will be hell to pay. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) that's fair. Yeah. That is the autistic mood of the day. Thank you, Tyler. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but I remember that for some reason I was so goddamn confused in sitcoms when, like, they'd randomly switch from, like, the single camera style, but, like, to the regular camera style. I remember, I don't know why it bothered me, but I'd be like, they're supposed to move all fast motion shit. Like, I remember when Drake and Josh did that when the first season was the regular, like, first single camera. One of our big notes for this episode was, why is there a song? every five minutes (laughs) it's just not even every five minutes it's like every other word there is a goddamn song (laughs) like okay if it's an actual song relating to halloween or fall or whatever fine but then they have to have some fucking excuse to go into like pop goes the weasel and itsy bitsy spider and other shit and it's just like one of the kids comes in dressed as a weasel (laughs) and then they sing pop goes the weasel because halloween there's a fucking song about penguins in a Halloween special. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, are penguins Halloween now? <laughs> I guess what Zootopia was lacking was Judy and Nick just randomly singing Pop Goes the Weasel when fuck, <laughs> when Weasel showed up. The Alan Tudyk one, I forgot his name. <laughs> When's Thriller gonna go into public domain? Sing that. <laughs> they also do this weird thing in the first few minutes where they're going through exposition So basically, the beginning of this episode is that the kids are setting up for the school Halloween party, and apparently some of the kids are going to be going trick-or-treating, but the others are going to be staying behind for the Halloween party. And (laughs) so one one thing that really stuck out to me was that one of the kids mentions that that they're going to be trick-or-treating, and then another kid goes, that's when you go to homes in your neighborhood to get treats. Like, y'all are 10 years old. You should know what trick-or-treating is by this point. I get that they're dumbing it down for toddlers, but there's... Come on, you kids should know by now. Toddlers aren't that stupid. The whole concept of trick-or-treat, I don't even remember learning it. It it feels like instinct to me, like natural (laughs) human instinct. 
that's how soon I learned about it. Yeah. Also, look, I'm not saying like a Halloween carnival can't be fun and all, but like these kids should be like, hell no, we're not helping out our lazy ass principal. We should be going out and trick or treating and doing our own thing. <laughs> the first time you don't trick or treat is when you taste your first alcoholic beverage. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Just for some perspective, this special, because there's a calendar in the background that shows what day it is for Halloween this year. This takes place on a Saturday. So these kids are willingly hanging out at school on a Saturday. Lame. Like I knew y'all were lame, but I didn't know you were this lame. The school is indoctrinating them. Indoctrinating them into becoming the system. You know what? No. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Michelle Obama. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Betsy DeVos. Oh, hello. No, if 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 Betsy DeVos were in charge, those children would be in a coal mine instead. Oh no. Very true. Anyway, then after fucking two goddamn songs that go on a little too long, we they finally are like, okay, we gotta go to this local farm. And there's actually kind of a cute joke where like Barney's reading the list and he's like, a ladybug. She wants us to get a ladybug. Well, no, there's a ladybug on the list. <laughs> Go on out, you fly away home. <laughs> okay, that was yeah, I could, I could be mad. <laughs> Only Bob West could pull that off. Just one more thing before we move on. Just for the record, Bob West is the superior Barney voice. I will not hear anything else. That is just an objective fact, though. Yeah, it is. Bob West is a national treasure. Oh my God! Yeah, going back to uh, Purple Roads, the episodes that he did for that were really good. I love Bob. Bob doesn't know who I am, but I would hope he would love me. And like his real voice is just—it's a total 180. Yeah. ASMR. Yes. Apparently, he also did uh, Pasquale on uh, Chuck E. Cheese for a while. So <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. Pasquale and one of the other. Oh. Jasper, Jasper. I was actually gonna say I bet it's Mr. Munch because he looks like Barney, but holy shit, it's Jasper? Yeah, it was Jasper, so. So Barney also voices Jasper T. Jowls and Chef Pasquale. Which is funny because the guy who actually voiced Chuck E. Cheese for a while did the Barney voice for a couple of videos. Oh yeah, we should point that out. Yeah. Come on over to Barney's house. Oh, oh no. I am like learning oh, just God. how many ties Barney and Chuck E. Cheese have. This is insane. And Chuck E. Cheese was often a promoter of PBS around the time, so. Wink, wink. It all comes together. Fun fact my current job is right next door to a Chuck E. Cheese, and I see that parking lot full this month. Oh, oh no. Oh god. god. What the fuck? And I live right on the border of what is considered a high risk state. Wee! That place was a cesspool of germs even before the pandemic. I will personally buy everybody an arcade for their house if they stay the fuck home. Fun fact about Chuck E. Cheese when I first moved to this area, there was that Chuck E. Cheese, like, right there. I decided to check it out and run in for, like, a Pepsi. And, by the way, keep in mind, this was October of last year. This was in, like, October 2019. Oh, I yeah. went inside, 
and saw a salad bar, and I was thinking, that is the worst place to have a salad bar ever. And that was before (laughs) a pandemic that was ruining our lives. Exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) I knew, I just knew that place was diseased, and now the rat has brought upon the plague. Somehow none of us died by going to a Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) It's like, most of those games are hands-on. You would fucking get plagued in seconds. But anyway. God, even before all this, I knew Chuck E. Cheese was just diseased. Just stay the fuck home and buy a Switch like the rest of us. Literally. Thank (laughs) you. Yes. Or a Wii, because I can only afford old consoles. Get a Sega Genesis. Those things are actually fucking awesome. Go to Goodwill, buy a PS2, buy an Xbox, buy whatever you kids play these days. <laughs> you can get Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, both of which are arcade games on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, there are <laughs> retro game stores everywhere now, so take your pick. Speaking of Sega Genesis, why don't we throw in a quick little Barney fact? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so... On the Sega Genesis, there is a game called Barney's Hide and Seek. And it is just a basic baby-ass game for, like, the Sega Genesis that is about (laughs) Barney. And it has voice acting in it. If you press a button, Barney blows you a kiss or interacts with whatever is interactable. And it's just, like, super compressed audio and it sounds terrible. And here's the crazy part. If you just leave the controller and not pause it or nothing it just plays for you it goes through the entire level for you and by the way i have it i have a physical copy of this game (laughs) i'll say this i i will post a video (laughs) on the official twitter of me playing it i swear to god yes I will say this much, it still looks better than Tweenies Game Time. You need to stream that game. Yes! I do have a Twitch, but I have barely used it, so I forgot the username for it, but I will plug it as soon as I figure that out. I've got a wizard's hat. Well, where Where is it? (laughs) Anyway, back to the special. So then they go to the farm, and then one of the kids, Hannah, she's wandering around the place being like, Say, I wonder where we can find Father... Not Father (laughs) Dooley. (laughs) <laughs> Father Dooley has become Catholic. <laughs> Barney, do not take those kids to the Catholic Church. We already did a Michael Jackson episode. <laughs> anyway, so then the scarecrow starts fucking talking, and then Hannah's just like, Whoa, you can talk? It's like, kid, how aren't you pissing your pants screaming right now? <laughs> but then Farmer Dooley comes out, and then they go into some weird tangent where they're like, I'm all ready for autumn, but I thought it was called fall. That's what I say, autumn. It's like, same <laughs> fucking diff. Stop autumn splaining. And guess what that leads into? Another song. Another public domain, not copyrighted song you've already heard a million times before. Before. The autumn splaining song where they're like, well, you can call it fall if that's what you please, but I say I like autumn. It's like, motherfucker, that's like people who say they like spelling labor as L-A-B-O-U-R instead of L-A-B-O-R. It's like, it's like you're, what are- Potato, potato. The guy who wrote that song calls himself sapiosexual and posts pictures on his Instagram <laughs> of oh, books God. getting fingered. <laughs> 
To be fair, you have to have a high IQ to call Fall Autumn. <laughs> There's another song, too, because they're talking about apples. And basically, the best way I can describe this song is just Farmer Dooley rapping about apples. And it is fire. Apples are the perfect treat. They're fun to carry, fun to eat. Ways to serve them? There's no limit. Let me tell you. Got a minute? Apples, red or green or golden? Sort of like the one you're holding. Apple cobbler, apple fritters, apples carved to look like critters. What's this guy's SoundCloud? <laughs> I'll say this much, I would buy his mixtape. <laughs> if you want to summon Ryuk from Death Note, you play this song. Tupac, Biggie, sorry, never heard of them. To Papple, I guess. <laughs> I promise that was a joke. Rest in peace, Tupac. Rest in peace, Biggie. I love you both. <laughs> I guess we can say he's the Big Apple. I loves it when you call me Big Apple. Throw your hands in the air if you a true farmer. <laughs> I'll go to white people jail. So then they start fucking getting all the pumpkins together, and then they just fucking start body shaming the pumpkins for no goddamn reason. <laughs> There's fat pumpkins and skinny pumpkins. There's no such thing as skinny pumpkins unless, I, I don't know how that ha if, if you find a skinny pumpkin, that's a squash. That's not a pumpkin. You are holding a squash. Imagine body shaming a squash. The Dove campaign really needs to get on making ads for pumpkins and say, all pumpkins are beautiful. <laughs> we promote pumpkin body positivity here. I can't wait for the squashes to be like, um, wow. Way to ignore the squashes. We are a squash positivity podcast. <laughs> we are just vegetable positivity. Vegetables are tasty. Also, it's worth noting, too. Um, so this isn't Farmer Dooley's only appearance in Barney. He comes back in a later special, apparently. Yeah, apparently it was called Let's Go to the Farm. And he got another fucking appearance. Well, actually, no. Tinker Pike guy was in Barney's big surprise before this, but even still. Okay, for those following at home, Tinker Putt's last appearance was in 1998. I'm just saying there's some serious injustice here. Farmer Dooley murdered Tinker Putt. Changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I just realized our audience probably does not know who Professor Tinker Putt is. He's God, that's who he He's is. He's played by the great Barry Pearl, who y'all know from Greece. <laughs> He's not in this special, but he is a fucking legend, and I will not hear any Tinker Putt discourse. That's the one discourse you'll never hear from us. We all, we can, at least we all agree that Mr. Tinker Putt deserves He right. deserved a spinoff show. Oh my God. He deserved the fucking spinoff show. Tinker Putt is a human who does stuff. Baloney is our friendly friend. <laughs> we made, made up, up ourselves. <laughs> I'm just saying Barry Pearl is probably the only person I can think of who put the most actual effort into their performance on, on Barney. Yeah, because he's like an actual professional actor. I mean, David Joyner was pretty dope in the suit, being able to like actually lift his feet off the ground and that like, that suit had to be like 500 pounds with all the mechanics and shit. And the fact that he was just straight up doing like Tchaikovsky ballet shit in that I gotta hand it to him. Oh, by the way, one more quick tangent about Barry Pearl. There's probably an alternate 1994 where Barry Pearl was in Pulp Fiction and John Travolta played Professor Tinkerputt. Oh my god. I mean, there have been a few stories on Purple Roads of John Travolta taking his kid to meet Barney, so... Sorry for a minute, I forgot that. And I was just imagining John Travolta as Barney. 
I love you. <laughs> you love me. Summer loving you. We're a happy family. Does BJ look like a bitch? What? <laughs> Does BJ look <laughs> like, like a, a bitch? bitch. <laughs> oh, damn it. I just shot Baby Bop in the face. Motherfucker, you shot Baby Bop in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is the one time I will not argue with Baby Bop hate because that was a good Pulp Fiction Aww. reference. Thank you. <laughs> you don't win, though. We stand. And speaking of standing... Here he comes. Here he comes, comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. The other human man in the show who deserves all the goddamn rights, Mr. Boyd. Stan a kid. Woo! King! We fucking yeah! stand. Boy! 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 Boyd. Ironically, he's named after one of my favorite characters in DuckTales, so that makes it even better. <laughs> so for those who might not remember Mr. Boyd, he is easily, he's one of the best recurring characters on the show, bar none, because he's the school janitor, but he is also a musician, a beekeeper, a photographer. He, he owns a beach shop in a later special, apparently. Aww. Oh yeah, no, that 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 actually did happen, yeah. Like there's a there's a whole ass episode that's just dedicated to like all the instruments Mr. Boyd plays and it's just iconic. Mr. Boyd invented the gig economy, changed my mind. <laughs> Mr. Boyd invented the universe. He also invented kittens. Yes! He's basically <laughs> like Bruce and Family Guy where he just has a new job every single episode. It's kind of amazing. Or like Grover. <laughs> I would love to see Bruce from Family Guy as Mr. Boyd. That would be great. Oh no, we've got a flat. Also, a part of the reason we like him so much is probably because he's just like a warm, kind soul. You know what's funny? Bruce is kind of a warm appearance in Family Guy. He's the only positive gay representation. I think that's another reason why we like Mr. Boyd so much, just because he's just, like, a cool guy, and he has, like, a nice... He's like your fun uncle. Exactly. He's the fun uncle. And the guy who plays him, Robert Sweatman, I think. Mon? Sweatman, yeah, I think. Sweaty Mon! Gotta catch him all! <laughs> it's weird. He kind of reminds me a bit of Henry Winkler. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I can see that, that yeah. yeah. I also kind of see him as a softer Michael Keaton, minus the eyebrows, I guess. <laughs> Hey guys, Tyler here. I just wanted to point something out that I forgot to mention when we recorded the episode. So according to the Barney Wiki, because of course that's a thing, Mr. Boyd was a recurring character on the show from 1995 to 2004, with a one-off appearance to follow in a special in 2008. So, for those following at home, Robert Sweatman's tenure on Barney did last longer than the Confederacy. We stan. I now demand that all Confederate statues be torn down and replaced with statues of our king, Mr. Boyd. And now, back to the podcast. In fact, we're even going to post a Mr. Boyd fan cam as soon as this episode's over, because y'all oh, need man. to stand him. Well, maybe if you stand to Mr. Boyd, you wouldn't be cancelled. We regret to inform you that John F. Kennedy has been shot. Wow, maybe if he stand Mr. Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> we regret to inform you that Donald Fuckhead died. <laughs> if only. <laughs> we regret to inform you that President Donald Trump has COVID-19. <laughs> well, maybe if he stand Mr. Boyd. <laughs> God, I hope by the time we upload this episode he's dead. <laughs> 
So then Mr. Boyd announces that he's gonna be dressing as a pirate, which, by the way, if he's not in the Margot Robbie Pirates of the Caribbean movie, we riot. <laughs> Johnny who? The Virgin Jack Sparrow versus the Chad Mr. Boyd. I got a jar of dirt. I should probably clean it up. <laughs> well, he's a janitor, so. The jar of dirt song was my shit in seventh grade, not gonna lie. <laughs> it was everybody's shit in seventh grade. Okay, so yeah, Mr. Boyd announces he's gonna help with setting up for the Halloween party, and then that's pretty much it for him at the moment. And then they basically do a song which is called It Isn't Any Trouble Just to Smile. It isn't any trouble just to smile. It isn't any trouble just to smile. So smile when you're in trouble, it will vanish like a bubble if you only take the time to smile. <laughs> Barty fucking hates kids with depression. I don't know, Barney. I just, I just have no motivation to get up in the morning. Have you tried yoga? <laughs> <laughs> Barney thinks that depression is just in your head, and if you believe hard enough, then you can't be sad ever. Essential oils really help. No. <laughs> Barney, why don't you go sing that song to the soldiers in the trenches of World War One? Barney definitely tells women they would be pretty mild more. <laughs> Oh. You know what? No. I would allow him saying that. <laughs> I'll allow him telling alt-right fuckheads that they'd be prettier if they'd smile more. That I'll say that much. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> but too bad he's a centrist, so. At least this song actually has a point. Yeah, because during this scene, they're just painting pumpkins. Yeah, it's a cute little craft. I'll give them that. And of course, they paint one of them purple with little green spots. Cause <laughs> So like the craft segments would be really actually cool if it wasn't for Barney constantly adding his fucking commentary through the whole thing and making it just unbearable <laughs> to watch. God, oh. Because like the owl puppet thing. And, and like the spider hand thing were like legitimately cool, but I could not deal with it because of Barney's fucking constant need to comment on every little Literally. thing. <laughs> You're putting an orange nose on there. Cool. Like, please, Barney, shut up for the love of God. Just let me watch this. God damn it, Barney, stop breaking my damn concentration. Like, those little owl puppets they make out of the paper bags are actually really, really cute. Yeah. <laughs> if only Barney would just shut the fuck up while they're making them. Like, good job, Barney. Now I don't remember how to make it because all I could focus on was <laughs> your bullshit commentary. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Barney, I glued the eye in the wrong place because of you. Now it's ruined. Barney, you're not Joel Hodgson. Shut up. <laughs> I, I just wanted one of those kids to say, Barney, please, if you could just shut the fuck up for like five minutes, you are breaking my concentration. <laughs> There's also a scene where they're making ghosts, like paintings of ghosts with their feet, just sticking their feet in giant tubs of paint. When did we start watching iCarly? I literally have dick ghosts in all caps in my notes. Yeah, dick ghosts. One of our friends that we watch the special with every year. Kai, Hi, uh, Kai. shout out to her. Hi, Kai. Uh, she I love she pointed you. the dick ghost thing out and <laughs> dick ghosts. <laughs> yeah, like the sample ghost they show definitely looks like a dick. Dick ghost. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randy. You know, I'll say this much, it's still better than Michael Jackson's ghosts. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> 
At least it doesn't have Michael Jackson in it. Like, yeah, it has David Joyner in it, but that's still better than Michael Jackson. That's still way less uncomfortable. <laughs> also, when Barney's asking the kids, are you sure Mrs. Kepler said this is okay? He gives the creepiest fucking face one day. <laughs> He's just going like, hmm. Oh, yeah, we'll post that to Arnold the Arnold Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I just noticed in the room, they for some reason have an elephant that has a Halloween collar. I stand that elephant. It's the elephant in the room. Oh, up. Then there's like a little bit where there's like this really non-threatening spider puppet mop thing. I don't really know what to call it. Spider mop. Spider mop does whatever a spider mop does <laughs> and one of the kids gets scared by it and it's not even like remotely even threatening looking i generally don't like to shit on child actors but most of the actors on this show are very good like the one kid sees the spider and is just like whoa what what are you talking about what oh, spider ah yeah, I mean, they're kids, so I can't really get too mad at them. It's like that one episode of, like, that the, the fucking, oh, shit. I can't remember if it was Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark. It was probably Are You Afraid of the Dark, but, like, there was that one scene where that one kid just screams, like, ah, and his face is just, like, totally not buying it whatsoever. I, I, I think it was Are You Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> One of my favorite lines from Goosebumps ever is, I forget what exact episode it's from, and I don't remember the exact context, but the line is, I don't want food, I want answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know that one. That's from the one where the fucking kid was turning into a dog. Oh, thank you. Okay, I was wondering what, what that one was from. I remember it because obligatory fuck JonTron. JonTron reviewed it and I used to like him, so... Yeah, uh, fuck you, John. But Tron. anyway, and then I was just like, did George Lucas direct this special at points? I mean, I feel kind of bad because I know the kid actors are trying it. Look, they clearly had a fun time on the show. I'm very happy for them. But yeah, you can tell there are just points where they're just like, uh, what, what, what? 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 Don't you know what day it is? Don't <laughs> you know what day it is? And most of them didn't have acting experience. Like, they were just normal kids who happened to a casting call one day. Yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, they were kids. They have an excuse. There's no excuse for the demon we're about to introduce. <laughs> Meet BJ. <laughs> or as we love to call him, Blowjob. 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 Because we are very mature. Yay. I think I never left the fifth grade, to be honest. <laughs> We're all adults here. <laughs> so he just comes into the room with the spider and he's like, Oh boy, guys, I'm going to go trick-or-treating. And then he's fucking toting like a trick-or-treat bag that has his face on it. I'm just like, BJ, fucking you're that much of a dark. <laughs> <laughs> BJ is just dinosaur Zach Morris. Change my mind. <laughs> BJ is trash. So, this is the tale of Narcissus and his reflection. <laughs> for the longest time, for some reason, I thought BJ was a live-action Bart Simpson, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's not fair to Bart. I'm so sorry. Aww. I'm sure he'd forgive you. I fully blame BJ for me as a child thinking that Bart and Lisa Simpson were dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of blame The Land Before Time, but, like, that one was, like, way more accurate to how dinosaurs <laughs> looked. 
And Lisa just had Triceratops hair. Yeah. Also, this is an official fuck Sarah 2 blog. Huzzah. Yeah, fuck Sarah. I- I've always hated that bitch. <laughs> That's the one thing we can agree on. And so then it cuts to the kids doing another craft, and they're like, maybe you could take these little spiders, and they're even less threatening than the other spiders that be just like, wow! It's like, motherfucker, shut up. <laughs> BJ, that is some severe arachnophobia, and I think at this point you really need to see a therapist. BJ sees Spider-Man and just starts crying. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, they sing the Itsy Bitsy Spider because, God forbid, we go two fucking minutes without a song. They fucking need to reprise it while walking in the hallway. Then it's just like, motherfucker, you're wasting valuable time before the party. Just fucking go. And then it just cuts to a scarecrow in the hallway. For no reason. (laughs) I think it followed them from the farm. (laughs) Oh my god, it's the Batman Scarecrow. (laughs) Some people without brains do an awful lot of singing. (laughs) I have a theory. Barney isn't real. It's just the Scarecrow from Batman pushing him into our minds because he's (laughs) our biggest fear. Oh no. And then they go back to the treehouse, which introduces our other menace of the evening. Here we fucking go. I am so fucking ready. Oh, man. (laughs) Let the discourse begin. It's the green demon herself. Baby Baby Bop. Bop. Throwing shit around like the little demon she is. I fucking love Baby Bop. Yeah, so as Kitty and Marissa say, she's basically throwing stuff all left and right around the treehouse because she's she's looking for her Halloween costume. And instead of telling yes, her... she's looking for her Halloween costume. How do you know she wasn't going to put all that shit back once she found let it? Let me finish. <laughs> Apologists. <laughs> okay, so instead of just telling her to clean up and get her shit together, they're like, hey, let's help Baby Bop find her Halloween costume and we'll sing a song about it. Stop enabling her. There is a clear difference between enabling and helping. They were just helping her. And of course, she's the bane of the existence of this special because, oh. ready, sing it with me. She ruined everything, everything that, that stupid, stupid bitch. Bitch. <laughs> no, BJ was just as much as fall. Why wasn't he keeping track of the bags either? Why did that bitch forget? Oh. Okay, well. Okay, you know what? You have yeah. a point. Yay, I win discourse. Let's wait till when we get to that conclusion, but... Oh, we'll get to that. (laughs) And so then another freaking jump cut. By the way, (laughs) if Barney's at the Halloween party, does everybody think he's just a a dinosaur costume that's also a cowboy costume? Or do they just recognize him as Barney in a cowboy costume? Because I'm so fucking confused. (laughs) I think what's happening is that everyone in this show is on PCP. Yeah, that's fair. Everybody in this show is basically just, they're like, you know what? The world is stupid and fucked up. Let's just accept it. (laughs) We're all collectively hallucinating a dinosaur. (laughs) Oh, man. Wouldn't that be the plot twist of the century? It was all a dream. I'm calling it. That's the live action Barney movie. (laughs) I mean. Okay, so one thing I want to point out in the establishing shot where all the guests are walking up to the school for the party. There's a guy 
in basically what I would call a royalty-free Mr. Potato Head costume. Yeah. And it's just like the most bare-bones shit. Like he's wearing a t-shirt with a face on it. And it has like the eyes and the mustache and the face and everything. And like his head is inside like a giant top hat. <laughs> it's it's amazing. <laughs> You know, I was actually making a list of all the copyrighted costumes in this special because I was like, there's got to be at least a couple. So I got that Groucho Marx sunglasses in this fucking song before this because there's a song every five minutes. And then fucking Hannah dresses as Raggedy Ann. And then it seems like that's the closest we're going to get to any actual copyright. Otherwise, I'm because- Annie, my favorite doll. <laughs> oh, I thought, like, they were trying to say Annie was, like, a nickname for Hannah. By the way, that's the girl that kind of looks like Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is who I legitimately thought this entire time was Selena Gomez. This podcast recording right now is my first time knowing that that isn't Selena Gomez. Right now we see Randy's entire world collapsing before her. Everything she knows is a simulation and it's all falling apart. What's next? You gonna tell me Santa Claus isn't real? <laughs> to be fair, last week I accidentally called the Sanderson sisters the Saradin sisters, so I <laughs> so I guess we are all gonna make a mistake on this podcast. Oh man, <laughs> the serotonin sisters. <laughs> that entire movie is serotonin, so. I mean, I do get serotonin whenever I see them in the movie because I'm like, yes! <laughs> exactly, like, why do people think Hocus Pocus was popular? Because of the child actors? No, because of the Sanderson sisters. Nobody gave a shit about the other characters. I don't even remember their names, but I can remember each Sanderson sister. <laughs> they are just the most fun villains ever made. And speaking of which, thus begins our stupid fucking side plot. <laughs> I just had to stand the Sanderson sisters for a minute. Back to Barney. Okay, so here it goes. The uh, quote-unquote subplot of the episode where Mr. Boyd takes Baby Bop and BJ trick-or-treating. Oh, boy. <sighs> okay, first off, where are their parents? Who are their parents? They were summoned from hell. Like, Baby Bob was literally summoned into a fucking presence, so she's she's from hell. That would explain a lot. It's a good point, <laughs> too, because at the end of, like, every episode that they're in, they don't turn back in the dolls like Barney does. They just go into the void or something. They just vanish and fuck off. Back to hell where you belong. Yay! <laughs> Baby Bob is the CEO of hell, first of all. So she has a very lovely loft apartment. Listen, Randy. No. So you admit Baby Bob exploits the lower class. Actually, she's the head of a non-profit. So let's talk about the subplot for a minute, because where, where do we begin? We walk with a grown-up. We only go to strangers, to people's houses that we know, which, what? I will give you guys this. When I was trick-or-treating, I only, like, personally knew three people's houses I went to, so. Literally. And who gives a fuck? As long as you're with a, with a grown-up, who gives a fuck about stranger danger? It's like, you're going to their house. You're getting candy. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm going to kidnap this child during a day where there will be multiple witnesses. So basically, the whole joke with this bit is that Baby Bop keeps holding up the trick-or-treating because she's so concerned about safety, and it gets to the point where they don't 
get the trick-or-treat at all. So then Baby Bop, like a fucking moron, is like, no, no, we gotta go get flashlights. It's like, you have the fucking street lights. What the fuck? You don't need a fucking flashlight as long as you're not Literally. going to a fucking alley. Not once did I ever use a flashlight trick-or-treating. No, me neither. Never. Like, thinking back to every time I've ever trick-or-treated as a kid, I never had to use a flashlight because I was with my mom or whoever at the time, and we would just walk fine without a problem. And, of course, we had the streetlights, so... That's what streetlights are for. Exactly. Literally. But, of course, Baby Bop does not use common logic, so... I have lived in rural Massachusetts... You need a flashlight in some neighborhoods, so she had the right. If she was living in Massachusetts, I'd give you that. <laughs> but they live in Texas. That neighborhood looked pretty well lit, though. Also, shout out to the fact that they didn't bother to build, like, an entire neighborhood set. So, like, the majority of this whole bit is just taking place outside of a house. Yeah, it's just the one house. <laughs> For all we know, that was the only house in the neighborhood, and then just fucking all the kids were just going there, and we're just in an endless warp or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this takes place in Fallout. It takes place in Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Barney is a deathclaw. Ah! Shout out to Degamas. And this bit where BJ and Baby Bob try to go trick-or-treating lasts for, like, a good chunk of the episode, and it's just... I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of the worst part of the episode. What they were clearly trying to do was, like, make Baby Bob into, like, a goofy cartoon, I guess, with the fucking... her mistaking how to do trick-or-treating, but it just gets so fucking irritating, and it's just... By the time they finally... They're like, oh, we only have time to go to one house. It's like, it's got to be only like 8 p.m. The night's so young. You'll be fine. <laughs> what? Yeah, I've been out till like 11. Either way, I had an adult with me and we were like always in groups and shit. So like, it doesn't even matter. I do remember this was like the one night during a school night where our parents would let us get away with like staying up late because, you know, it's Halloween. Who's going to... Say no to that shit, you know? It's motherfucking it's Halloween. Being a bad bitch was encouraged. And it's on a fucking Saturday, too. It's like, <laughs> motherfucker, like, there's you just no excuse. time. Ugh. Especially when in about, like, 22 years, you're not going to be able to trick-or-treat because thanks, COVID. <sighs> yeah. Which makes this subplot even more frustrating because Baby Bop is a nuisance. I want to hear your defense, Randy. I, I want to hear what you got to say. She is concerned about their safety. Oh, fuck you. At least give her that. She cares about the dignity of life. Mr. Boyd was with them. He could fucking see, tell is if there Mr. was any danger. Is Mr. Boyd a flashlight? Is Mr. Boyd a fucking bat? <laughs> is Mr. Boyd a guy in a suit? <laughs> am I a guy in a suit? Yeah, I am, actually. <laughs> My name is, uh, Tyler. Oh, shit. <laughs> that means I'm you. <laughs> the best part of that whole side plot is when, like, they go back for the flashlights or whatever, and Mr. Boyd is walking off slowly with this wrist look on his face, like... <laughs> oh, that is so beautiful. Kill BJ! They manipulated the footage. What actually happened was that Mr. Boyd actually fucking murdered them both. <laughs> and you know what? Mr. Boyd murders Baby Bop. Do, 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 do,
Actually, Mr. Boyd murdered BJ and made a pact with Baby Bob. And then the only house they can go to is this old-ass woman named Mrs. Pettypacker, which, by the way, at first I heard is Mrs. Pettyapple, so then I was like, so is she just Stewie's (laughs) housekeeper now? Hello! Stewie? No, this is Stewie's housekeeper, Mrs. Pettyapple. I'll see if he's in. Stewie! Stewie! So then it keeps cutting back to the Halloween party, which is, it's just a Halloween party, but I'll admit it's a pretty sick Halloween party. I will give them that. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> complain about that. Like, it's actually, like, well-stocked with a lot of, like, cool party games and stuff. Like, there's, like, a throw the bean bag into the haunted house thing, which looked pretty cool. I don't know. My Girl Scout Halloween parties were pretty fucking litty. Barney has a lot to compete with. And then I imagine that this was made like 10 years earlier, it would be way more cursed. Uh-huh. Aww. <laughs> like, like these, these kids were having a straight up rave. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, it's going to have the. It's just going to suddenly turn out to be the That's So Raven episode where they're at the Halloween no. party. And then you're going to just see. You're just going to see Raven and Chelsea turning <laughs> <laughs> We are not wow, doing this that again. this is a costume, but not too- this is, no. We're totally buying that this is a costume and not two live animals. <laughs> then Mrs. Kepler shows up on the stage and she looks- And she's supposed to be a gala- Or like Saturn or something, but she looks like a fucking roast turkey. <laughs> I was like, damn, do we just skip to Thanksgiving? I miss Galaxy or whatever. Sure. Like, she put way too much effort into that costume. You know what really sucked about that Halloween party? What? Why wasn't anyone dressed as a copyrighted character? I mean, outside of Hannah and and the Mr. Potato Head guy, yeah, literally, there were no copyrighted costumes. There would have been at least, like, two Sonic the Hedgehogs. I also (laughs) noticed, and there's an extra who's, like, dressed up as, like, a beauty queen or a princess or something, and she, like, whenever, like, the camera shows her in the background, she just has, like a look on her face where she's like just so done with everything and it's just like mood (laughs) hi producers kids (laughs) oh yeah so many producers kids and also they randomly start a fucking song after two of two of the girls who were actually in other episodes by the way show up dressed as penguins and so they start fucking singing the most pointless song in the episode what that's how i know it's cold and it's like you people live in texas you don't know cold it's october here in the northeast and today was 70 degrees out (laughs) well this was before climate change began to really hit so yeah (laughs) take me back if i could turn back (laughs) time In fairness, though, that song kind of slaps. When I see my breath like smoke in the air, it's really kind of fun, so I don't care if it's cold. It's gonna get cold. It's just a cold fur. I wish I had fur. I wish I was a bear with furry, furry hair. It's cold. Like, even if it has oh, yeah. nothing to do with everything, anything, it kind of slaps. It does. You're right. It's like the only song I actually enjoy from this special. Did did, did Barney just admit that he's a furry even though he's a scaly? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I guess. Barney says yes to furries. (laughs) Because why not at this point, you know? Barney is just a scaly who is a furry. So then they finally get to fucking Mrs. Pennypacker's house and then fucking... (laughs) 
And then they open the door and then they're like, okay, sissy, you know what to say. And it's like, yes, I say tricky treat. No, if you say trick or treat and it's like, shut up. They drag it out even longer with this who's on first bullshit. And then fucking Mrs. Pennypacker is all out of candy. So she fucking gives them like an orange and then she gives BJ a celery, which to that I responded, a celery? It's my candy, you son of a bitch. What? That doesn't make sense because I can't name a single person who has never had at least just a little bit of leftover candy on Halloween. Seriously, they sell giant bags of it now. It's like Even when I lived in the real litty neighborhoods of Halloween, we still had candy left. Like, if you don't have anything good left, just put up a fucking sign saying, go home, you little shits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that up on my house on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, stay at home, you little shit. Don't knock on the damn door. <laughs> Shout out to Noah McNeil, by the way. We love him. Yes. If you listened to the place episode, I am the friend who accompanied Randy oh. to Rhode Island Comic Con last yes. year. And we met Noel McNeil and he was the sweetest. Yes. Also, Barney yes. and Bear are boyfriends. Change my mind. Actually, you know what? It has to do with Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It has to do with Halloween. So it's relevant. Hooray! So Then it slowly comes to an end as the special goes to the section where the kids are all like, that was so much fun. And then like they come home and then they're just like, ah, we didn't get any candy. And then, okay, Randy, I know you're going to cheer loudly when I say this. Don't, don't give her what she genuinely. wants. Don't do it. It's not <laughs> worth it. Damn it. The ending is actually kind of sweet. Yeah. Yay, I win discourse. I hate to admit it, I but win she's right. Discourse. Bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. I win discourse. I mean you're still you're still wrong about everything else, Randy, but just no, this no, no, one no, time no, you're no, right. No. You guys you guys are objectively wrong about everything. By the way, we forgot to mention that there was a There's a pinata. It's basically just an excuse for them to get a one-two buckle my shoe reference and <laughs> Boy, and I thought that Friedberg and Seltzerberg just wanted excuses to add references. Hey. Yay! 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 Public domain! We don't have to pay royalties. This takes no effort. You know, I was wondering if at any point that one of those kids was accidentally going to just whap Barney across the head. <laughs> I hope that happened. I hope to God that happened. I hope there's an outtake somewhere where a kid just whacks Barney in the face. Yes! Which, speaking of, Barney outtakes are a thing. That's a whole YouTube account. Yes. Yes! yes. <laughs> if you are ever having a bad day, just watch Barney outtakes. Trust me on this. Sadly, yes. none of them involve drugs in his tail. <laughs> oh my god, it came up with the best scene ever. BJ choking the shit out of Baby Fop. I'm calling my agent! It's beautiful, it's... <laughs> As she should have called her agent, that is harassment. Very true. What a beautiful day for a purse snatching! BJ is creating a hostile work environment, which is punishable by law. Baby Bop is collecting that sweet, sweet unemployment right now, thanks to y'all. Then basically they sing the I Love You song, yada yada. BJ and Baby Bop go back into their hell dimension. <laughs> Mr. Boyd leaves way too damn early. <laughs> He's probably just leaving to just 
down a whole bottle of whiskey after having to deal with those two and i don't blame him he's probably just like i am never having kids (laughs) see there we go baby bop is helping keep the population down (laughs) i i really don't blame him mr boyd is a saint who deserved better yeah thanks bj and then they're all leaving like oh yeah we have lives and so then they go home and then all of a sudden like they go back and he's in doll form and it's like oh god he's real (laughs) everybody's on bcp we're all hallucinating barney yay Someday when we're at a con again, we should, on the day we all have to go home, we should all just hold hands and sing, I, I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. You love me. Let's get together and kill Barney. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get super, super drunk beforehand. Yeah. We'll go to Dave and Buster's yes. like our annual tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll add Barney to that Jurassic World game they have there. <laughs> By the way, I stand blue. Yes, blue's so good. I like the Jurassic World movies, except for the ending of the second one. Fight me! I have a soft spot for Jurassic Park 2, so I so I believe. So I don't blame you. Because come on, who didn't want to go into that blockbuster? <laughs> the second Jurassic World movie was actually pretty cool until, like, it got stupid. Yeah, fucking girl was made of the same material. What the fuck? And then she just <laughs> releases dinosaurs into the modern world because we're the Alright, speaking of cool things, why don't we take a trip on down to the channel KRT Toy Store? Alright, well Marissa, since you're our guest, uh, how about you go first? Alright, well, like most kids shows, Barney had a set of books published. And uh, earlier in the episode we were talking about Barney and the Backyard Gang was the uh, set of home videos in the late 80s before PBS picked it up and all that. And of course, there were books based on those Backyard Gang tapes, which would be fine and dandy if not for the goddamn art style. <laughs> I don't know how to describe oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's hard to describe it in podcast form, but like the kids... Good God. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's bad. I'd argue that the kids look even more terrifying than me, honestly. The kids just have, like, these little beady eyes and this big grin, like... (laughs) The best way I can describe it is kind of like Captain Underpants, that art style. Except fucking terrifying. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, the kids are just look so dead-eyed. They're just like, (sighs) How are we gonna hide Barney? Seriously, some fucking Five Nights of Freddy shit. Okay, so there was a billion Mandy pilot that was more so a short that inspired Billy and Mandy back in the mid to late 90s and it was basically a bit about tree panning and the art style and that looks very similar to the art style in the books that Marissa's talking about and it would not surprise me in the slightest if these kids were tree panned. Mandy what happened to your head? It's okay I just got tree panned tree what? Tree panned. They were definitely tree panned. <laughs> and I also found this uh, promotional poster from a little bit later. There's a promotional poster for Barney books, and it's just like a mom 
and two kids like um, snuggled up on the couch reading a book. And then there's Barney just creeping behind them. Please put that on the Twitter. <laughs> it reminds me of this meme image that went around for a few years of like that family posing for the picture with that sea lion and the sea lion is like making a demon face at them. Ugh, no, no. Well, all right, who wants to go next? Well, of course there was that Barney playset I had as a kid. I don't remember much about like the specific brand or year it was. Definitely like 1998, 99 that I liked as a kid. And also, of course, there is what I spent real life money that I did labor for on. Barney's Hide and Seek for the Sega Genesis. I paid $8 of my hard-earned money for that. Worth it. Released in, I think, like, the early 90s? I forget the exact- I think it was 1993, but yeah. It's, uh... It's fun to play when you're too inebriated to play literally any other real video game. By the way, I tried to pair it with Sonic and Knuckles, and I got the no way screen. What the fuck? I wanted to play Barney and Knuckles. Hey everybody, it's time for Sonic Says. <laughs> they call me Barney. Unlike Sonic, I don't chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Every year, some unsuspecting child steps into a dryer. <laughs> Rolling around at the speed of hell. <laughs> Alright, uh... I'll go next. This is actually a last-minute thing that I found on eBay when Kitty was sending me her thing for the uh, KRT Toy Store. It's a rare Barney and Friends TV replica doll that's going for $650. And <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, it actually looks really good. According to the seller, it says, This extremely rare, one-of-a-kind Barney replica doll is based on the Season 7 doll from Barney and Friends. And... For the most part, it does look similar to that, but with one caveat. The eyes on this replica doll are bugging out of the head. Just oh. completely, and it's almost terrifying. What the fuck? Why does he look like the villain of Total Recall? <laughs> <laughs> I saw in the related section, there's also, for $550, a replica of the original Barney Backyard Gang doll. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that right now. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Going for $500. <laughs> you know what? I am... I I really can't be mad at these replicas at all because they're actually pretty well-crafted. Really, all of the Barney dolls on the show were kind of creepy looking. I was about to say, but, you know, I'm wondering what would have happened if they ever made an episode where he just couldn't leave his doll for him. Like, they try so fucking hard, and he's just like, oh, shit, I'm stuck! Help! Help! <laughs> I feel like I've had a nightmare about that as a kid. Shivery! Shivera! Shivery! Shivera! <laughs> oh, God, that stupid phrase. I can't imagine for the life of me why they got rid of that. <laughs> I think, you know, I feel like that thing should be going for cheaper because I have the feeling it's haunted. <laughs> but it comes with free Froger. Just get rid of it. I don't want it here. <laughs> By the way, I am the official Channel KRT witch. And that thing is giving me bad vibes, so be careful what you spend your money on. Damn right. And speaking of the occult, now it's time for my turn, which I present 
Hey guys, wanna be a Barney buddy? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Neither do I, but apparently I am. This is being advertised in the store now. The Barney Buddy Club, which was a rebranding of the Barney Fan Club that ran from 1991 until 2001, which was basically a series of magazines you could order for $20 a year. That's less than most bills. So every month you could get that fucking damn dinosaur on your door and giving you all sorts of ideas because he's arrogant enough to have his own magazine he's basically the <laughs> oprah of his day <laughs> why was it only running till 2001 because 9-11 killed it <laughs> <laughs> he's like a delightful house guest who never leaves barney's just casually just watching you while you sleep <laughs> and he keeps he keeps racking up the cable bills because he keeps buying pay-per-view shit we have a conspiracy here tying Barney the purple dinosaur to the September 11th attacks. <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Basically, the Barney magazine was just Barney books, but with extra steps. And I guess you could do activities with them. It's like, hey, kids, now you got to do homework while you watch Barney. And it's like, no, motherfucker, I'm not doing homework. <laughs> so it was basically like those Sesame Street magazines. Yes! Sesame Street magazine deserved to exist, for the record. <laughs> I had Nickelodeon magazine. Yeah. Nice. I am the coolest of the kids. Yeah, I had that. I had Nickelodeon magazine. I had Disney Adventures. Yes. Which, by the way, I'd be surprised if there wasn't, like, a Disney Adventures with, like, Barney on it. Because they had everyone on those magazines. <laughs> I also had National Geographic Kids, which was the shit. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I remember that. I'd get so excited getting National Geographic. I'd just be like, ooh, animals, animals. And I also love that segment where they talked about like new futuristic Aww. inventions they had. It's like, now most of those are the future. <laughs> I get insider behind the scenes information about the Star Wars prequels that are out right now. I get to learn about Phantom Menace. <laughs> I get to learn about Attack of the Clones. I get to learn about Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. <laughs> I get to see how a child was hung at the beginning. I get to learn about National Treasure and Madagascar. <laughs> All right. And then to our final verdict for the night, guys, is Barney's Halloween party uh, keep the tapes for nostalgic purposes or erase the goddamn tapes? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be very generous here because... We are all very nostalgic for this special, I'm sure, and it holds a lot of sentimental value for the four of us. I'm definitely going to keep the tapes for this one. And Marissa? I say burn the trick-or-treating <laughs> side plot. Yes. Keep everything else. <laughs> yes. And Randy? Burn every bit of tape that doesn't have Baby Bop in it. Make it her solo feature. <laughs> well, that's kind of hard because she's in almost every episode. <laughs> you know what? Every Barney hate song should just be turned into a Baby Bop hate song. Like, joy to the world, Baby Bop's dead. You know, that that is a very good point. Barney got a lot of hate in the 90s, but nobody ever came after BJ and Baby Bop. And they're <laughs> arguably more obnoxious than Barney could ever be. In my eyes. True, true. I feel like you had to have seen it to know who they are. 
Like, kind of how everyone knows who Spongebob is, but not a lot of people know who Sandy Cheeks is. Maybe they only ever saw the Backyard Gang and they were traumatized for life, which, kind of valid. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't blame them. I mean, Barney is the face of the show. It's not called BJ and Friends. They were summoned from hell and they should go back. Wait a minute, they've been back for it for 11 years because the show is cancelled! <laughs> Yay! They keep lying that it's still going. I just had another comparison. If Barney were Pokemon, Barney would be Pikachu because, you know, he's the face of the whole thing. And I would say Baby Bob and BJ would be like Charmander and Squirtle who, like, are popular. But while everyone knows who Pikachu is, only people who know the franchise know who Charmander and Squirtle is. Yes! <laughs> and what's your rating of this special, Randy? Burn every bit of this tape that doesn't have Baby Bop in it. Only keep the Baby Bop scenes, give her a solo feature. Well, you're in luck because she'll torment us for the rest of time. <laughs> As you deserve, you heretics! <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so my rating, personally... You know, I make fun of this special a lot, and I know I get into- I get heavily riffing on it, but I do have a soft spot for it, and especially because I've watched it so many times with you guys. It's, oh. Yeah, it's- I it's love our mistakes. Aww. Aww. I love it you may guys. be an annual mistake, but god damn it, it's <laughs> our annual mistake. The best annual mistakes are with the people you love. And you all mistake. Oh. We are here <laughs> to change the world. <laughs> we already did a Michael Jackson episode. All right, got anything you guys want to plug? You can find me on Twitter at Kermit Wazowski, except the O is a zero because reasons. And there are links to my artwork there if that is something that interests you. Seriously, please hire Marissa for your arty needs. She's a very good artist, very talented, and an amazing friend, of course. You can follow me at Cosmic Rewind on Twitter. That is replaced the E with the three because reasons. You can also find me on No Context Harley Quinn and No Context TGIF, which I promise I will be updating more. I swear to God. You can find me at Tyler FG on Twitter, Tyler FG96 on Instagram. And as I as I plugged earlier, please listen to Purple Roads. It's a very, very good podcast. Honestly, absolutely Purple Roads has given me like a newfound respect for Barney. Like it's stupid, it's fun to riff on, but Absolutely Everyone yeah. who worked on it genuinely loved what it actually gave a shit about Literally. making kids happy. Seems a low bar, but you'd be surprised. Also, I may hate Baby Bop, but Julie Johnson is an absolute queen, and I love her. Yay, I win discourse! You know, I'm not gonna lie, when she did the Baby Bop voice in the interview she did, that did bring me some joy. I, I That was pretty nostalgic. Discourse. No, you don't! You're grounded, Randy. Okay, so... But yeah, be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast. We're gonna be uploading this episode to YouTube. So you can check it out there. Just rate us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe there because it helps us get noticed by the algorithm better. And Kitty? 
And I'm over on Twitter at Mission Breakout with a zero because Twitter is bullshit. I'm a, I'm a walking pun on Instagram. Uh, you can find me over on the channel KRT Podcast. Although these days I'm trying to stay away from Twitter as much as possible, save for the podcast Twitter because, well, look at the world. <laughs> it's all falling apart, guys. <laughs> it all started when Baby Bob couldn't stop fucking going back and forth and back and forth, and now we're in an infinite time loop. The end. There is no world, only Barney. It all started when Barney was first thought of. Channel KRT, cut to static. Shh.